Thank you for joining us for the True Life Fellowship Church podcast. Here is today's message from Pastor Devon Alexander. Open your Bibles to 2 Peter chapter 3 and meet me at verse 9. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. I want to welcome everybody joining us on the live stream. Thank you so much for joining us today. I want to welcome everybody that will watch the replay. I know hundreds of you watch the replay. Thank you so much for watching the replay. want to welcome everybody that will listen to the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google. Thank you for joining us. And everybody in the building, thank you for embracing us with your presence today. We've been talking about faith, and I want to continue our conversation in faith today. I want to answer some questions, and we're going to leave today with more understanding than we've ever had before. How many of you believe that? Amen. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9. The Apostle Peter says, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long suffering towards us. Thank God. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And in this conversation that we've had over the last several weeks about faith, one of the most dynamic statements that we have made is that faith begins where the will of God is known. Faith begins where the will of God is known. We've understood through our teaching is that faith is confidence. Faith is rest. Faith means that you are fully persuaded and that you are fully convinced Faith is a substance in the invisible realm. It's tangible substance in the invisible realm. And it is the currency of the kingdom. We can only receive from God's grace through faith. Faith is the currency of the kingdom of God. And so it is by faith that we receive all of God's grace. And so faith is so very important. But we must understand that faith begins where the will of God is known and Romans 10, 17 tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so faith is going to come by hearing from the word of God and faith begins where the will of God is known. In this passage of scripture, we find out that it's not God's will that any should perish, but that all, somebody say all, all should come to repentance. So conversely, it is God's will that all will repent. But how many of you know that God's will doesn't always happen on the earth? I need for you to understand this. God's will doesn't always happen on the earth and God's will doesn't automatically happen on the earth. So it doesn't always happen. God could will something and that doesn't mean it will happen on the earth. I mean, he wills that all of us will give our life to the Lord and repent. But all of us are not doing that. So his will is not always happening on the earth. And his will doesn't automatically happen on the earth. This is why Jesus tells us, and when he taught the disciples how to pray, he, he tells them, and when you pray, pray that the will of God in heaven will be on the earth. Because God's will doesn't always happen on the earth. This is the reason why you see so much tribulation and so much uh, drama and so much chaos happening on the earth because God's will doesn't always happen on the earth. It's not automatic. It takes a person like you and I that has faith. 
And when we have faith, which means we're fully persuaded that what God wills is going to come to pass, then we can access God's grace by faith and we can see the goodness of God operate in our lives. Now, our sphere of influence is not the entire world necessarily, but in our own sphere of influence, we can access God's grace and we can see goodness occur in our life. And how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. If God's goodness is operating in your life, then it's going to whoever you, is in your sphere of influence can operate in their life. And then their sphere of influence can operate in their life. And next thing you know, the whole world can see the goodness of God just by you and I simply hearing from God and releasing our faith for God's will to take place in our life. Somebody shout amen. amen. Now, go to Romans chapter 8, I believe. Is my next passage. No, Romans chapter 10. I'm sorry, Romans chapter 10. And then we'll take a look at verse, uh, is it verse 8? There we go. Romans chapter 10, verse 8. Paul tells us this. He says, but what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith. That's what we preach. Verse 9. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Verse 10. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And so this is the process by which you and I have received the Lord Jesus Christ as our personal savior as our lord and savior as our master we when we believed god's word we confessed it with our mouth and we believed it in our heart confess means we said it out of our mouth we said jesus is lord and we believed it in our heart god raised him from the dead immediately we were translated out of the powers of darkness and we were into the kingdom of his dear son Immediately, our course and destination went from death and hails, eternal separation from God, and it immediately went to eternal life with the Father in heaven. We immediately became sons and daughters of God Most High when we made this declaration, Jesus is Lord, and we believed it in our heart. One of the things I want to discuss today, <clears throat> excuse me, is we the only way we could believe that Jesus is Lord, and the only way we can say that out of our mouth is because of God's will. God's will was that all should repent. And so because that's his will, and he made a sacrifice before the foundation of the world, before you and I ever got here, he made a sacrifice for all of our sins to be forgiven, past, present, and you better believe future, made a sacrifice for it, and so that was his will. And how do we access his will? How do we access his grace? How did we access salvation? We confessed it with our mouth, we said it with our mouth, and we believed in our heart. Now, one of the problems I'm going to address right off the front, and then I'll finish this message. The Lord spoke this to me this morning. Late last night, I was talking to a pastor friend. He asked me what I was preaching, I told him this, and he asked this question because he said, man, a lot of people in my congregation are struggling with this issue. He said, and he asked me this question, and I woke up the Lord, so I want you to talk to your church about it too. He said that the question he asked, and sometimes 
in what we've heard in our camp, right, in our faith kind of circle is, man, you got to speak it. You got to speak it, right? We're here. You just got to speak it. And many people have spoken some things, right, and they haven't seen it come to pass, right? We've, we've said it. We've said it. We've said it, and it just hasn't materialized yet. And I want to address some of this because let me use this as an illustration. I'm going to take Don, for example. Don, let's say Don has never said anything to me about cutting my grass, which he never has, by the way, okay? <laughs> if I just start saying, Don's going to come cut my grass, I believe that Don's going to come cut my grass. I'm going to speak it. Don's coming to cut my grass. Don is coming to cut my grass. And I can get very spiritual about it. I can get very theatric about it. I can begin to just say it over and over and over. But if Don never told me that he's coming to cut my grass, I have no right to believe that Don's coming to cut my grass. I have no right to expect Don to come cut my grass if he never said, Pastor Devon, I'm coming to cut your grass. Many people fall under, uh, they are falling away from the faith because they said, I believe for something and I said something and it never happened. Why did it never happen? You have to trace it back to, did God even say that? Because if he didn't say it, you have no right to believe it because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So if you didn't hear God say it, then there's no faith. And then you could say it, say it, say it all day long, but that you, there's no faith. You really don't even believe it. And then you fall away. For example, I hear this all the time. There are two examples I hear all the time. The first one is, I, I, I believed in my heart I was going to get this job and I said it with my mouth. This job is mine. This is my job. I believe uh, this is my job. I believe it. I said, I call that job in by Friday. I'm going to get that job and, and we'll start adding stuff to it. I, I'm not the only one that has experienced this. We'll start adding stuff to it and, the, and by Friday and then Friday comes and you don't have the job. And then people say, well, just the Bible doesn't work. And none of this works. And, you know, I'm not I'm not going to church anymore and I'm not serving God anymore. I'm not reading the Bible because I believed it and I said it and it didn't happen. Did anybody at that company tell you you're going to get that job? Did God tell you you're going to get it? No, no. That's something you mustered up. I've been guilty of this. I've done that before. That's how I know to use it as an example. I've mustered something up and I've said, you know, I'm going to get it. And the job that I didn't get it and they gave it to somebody else. And I'm th- I don't want to pray no more. I don't want to believe God no more. None of this works anymore. No, God didn't say that. And if God didn't say it, you had no right to believe it. And if you've got no right to believe it, you've got no right to say it. Because you should only be believing what God is saying to you. And if he's saying it to you through his word, then you can release your faith and access it. Come on, somebody say amen. Amen. Here's another one I get all the time, too. I get a lot of questions. I believe I'm healed and I want to stop taking my medicine because I'm healed. I want to stop taking my medicine. And I I get this. I've gotten this question several times. What What do I need to do? Because I'm healed. I believe I'm healed. I want to stop taking my medicine. Well, I I go back to what did God say? Do you just want to stop taking your medicine because you want to feel a certain way? Or is God telling you, hey, don't take that medicine anymore. And most people, I'm going to shoot you straight. 
Most people need to take their medicine. Listen to me. Most people need to take their meds. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm full of faith. No, you're not. You can't even believe God to get a headache to go away. Now, you, all of a sudden, you're going to get a, a, an incurable disease to go away, and you can't even believe God for a headache to go away. Most people need to take their medicine. Only if God tells you not to, and there was confirmation that you shouldn't, then you shouldn't. There was one particular time. I went to the doctor and I had something going on in my body. Didn't know what it was. They did, the doctors didn't know what it was. They started getting on Wikipedia. I saw it. Wikipedia. And they were looking at it and they were coming up with stuff. I said, I'm not, I'm not listening to what's going on on Wikipedia now. And they said, you have some dog virus. And I ain't got no dog virus. And take all this medicine. And I, I remember I prayed. I went home, talked to my wife. I prayed. I said, I'm not, I'm, I ain't got no dog virus. And I, I saw them on Wikipedia looking and I'm not taking that. That was the only time I didn't take something. At the Lord, there was confirmation. I prayed. The Lord said, don't do that. My wife, we're in agreement. We're not going to do that. But most people, it, here's another one. Somebody, somebody has cancer. The Lord told me not to do the radiation. Did the Lord really tell you that? Did he really tell you that or did you come up with that? Or you see, well, Pastor Devon, he looks like he's so well, I'm not, I'm going to do what Pastor Devon do. No, did God tell you that? And if he did, where is your verse? And if you got a verse, then you got a word from God. And you can hang your hat on. Thank you, you took the words right on my back. You can hang your hat on that word from God. Did he tell me this? Because if he told it to me, I can trust his credibility I can trust that he's been faithful enough and when he's told me stuff in the past that happened and I can trust him knowing and fully believing that he's going to take care of me. But if you can't come to that conclusion, just keep doing what you're doing until you get a word from God. And when you do get this word from God, then you can begin to believe it in your heart and speak it out of your mouth. But don't make yourself believe something that nobody has told you. That's called make believe. You are making yourself believe something that no one has told you. I'm believing God for a billion dollars. Did God tell you he's going to get you a billion dollars? No, he didn't tell you that. Stop it. Stop trying to believe for something that God never told you. And when you get so intimate with God, if God knows what you need before you even ask him, then why don't we ask him what we need? Mm. Hope, I hope, hope y'all get that. Why don't we ask him, Lord, what is it that I need? And he'll tell you. And then you can believe him for that. Whatever he tells you, you can believe him for it. But instead, we try to figure out what we need, and then we say, I'm going to put it in my mouth, and I'm going to say it, and God never said any of that. Like Don never said he was going to cut my grass, but I'm going to make God, by God, Don's going to come cut my grass in Jesus' name. Don, come now cut the grass in Jesus' name. And he's sitting at the house sipping on some sweet tea, not thinking about me, because he never said it. And I've got to, I'm making myself believe something he never said. You find out what God said, and then you do it. How do I know all this? Because I have stumbled so often trying to get something done, and I trace it back to God never said do that. And if he never said do it, then I'm spinning my wheels. I'm wasting time. And then 
I am, in some cases, people have died. Died, literally, by when I'm talking about they didn't do, I'm not going to the doctor. I got too much faith to go to the doctor. That is the most idiotic, stupid thing I have ever heard in my life. Doctors and preachers should be on the same team. And uh, I, I was talking to, talking to Robert, and he's, Robert's got some good things going on in his body. He said, I'm going to the doctor this week, and they're going to go over my options. That's right. Let's look at the options. And then we can pray over the options. God, which one are you in? And we can go from there. But what if you don't know the options? I've got a lot of faith. I'm believing God. Then you die. And then, and then you die of something that the doctors could have cured with some easy medicine. I'm telling the truth here today. I'm, I'm tired of people dying. I don't go to the doctor. Uh, I, I know. What, what, if, what if you just got your hand cut right here? Just all of a sudden there was a knife cut your hand and it started bleeding. Your hand started bleeding. What's the first thing you're going to do? Huh? You're going to stop the bleeding, right? Why didn't you speak to it? Why didn't you declare, stop it? No, 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 you're going to stop the bleeding. That's the first thing you're going to do. Then once you get the bleeding stopped, now we can begin to talk to And God, I believe that you, in your scripture, you said I was created in your image and my hands are healed. And everybody that went to you got healed. I believe my hand is healed once you stop the bleeding. One, one particular friend of mine said that he, his back was hurting. This, this friend, he's, I know he's a minister, um, good friend of mine, his back was hurting. And he said, he began to pray over his back. And he began to pray. And he said, months, months and months, back still hurting. He said, God, why can't, why is my back still hurting? And he said, the Lord said, because I have anointed Dr. Johnson to fix your back. Go see Dr. Johnson. <laughs> he went to go see Dr. Johnson and Dr. Johnson fixed the back. Come on, it's not that hard. But when we get into the, this faith, some people supersede intelligence when it should it should your faith does is not limited to the natural realm you can access and receive things that even doctors can't but let's not just skip the first step let's get a word from God and then do what God tells us to do not outside of any natural remedy there are some natural things out here that can help you know, maybe you should just, well, I'm just trying to figure out how do I love my spouse better. I'm praying about it. Go get a book and read it. I'm going to read this book. And the title was How to Treat My Spouse Better. That actually might be something I should read. Amen. Let's not supersede intelligence. Hallelujah. Now, let's go to Hebrews Chapter 11. I'm going to read this in the Passion Translation. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 3. It says, faith empowers us to see that the universe was created and beautifully coordinated by the power of God's words. He spoke and the invisible realm gave birth to all that is seen. That's powerful in the Passion Translation. And so we understand that God's word created everything that we can see. God's word has creative power, and all we need to do is have faith in God's word. And one of the ways to have faith in God's word is we believe it and we speak it. Another way to have faith in God's word is we act on what we have heard from God. 
We have to do something. Faith is an act. We're going to act on what we've heard from God. And sometimes that first step of acting is actually speaking it. So we've heard from God and we're going to speak what God is saying. And we're and as we speak, we're going to begin to go in that direction. We're going to begin to act as if what God said is true. Right. And now I'm going to act on what he said. And so what God did here when he wanted to create the universe, he just began to speak it. His words have creative power. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, we find out that we have been created in the image of God. And so God is a speaking spirit. You and I are speaking spirits. God speaks, things happen. We can speak and things happen. Are you getting this? Now, in our own sphere of influence, God's, when God speaks, everything changes. If God said, let there be a three-headed dog, guess what's going to show up? A three-headed dog, Right. That's why, God, that's why God doesn't rumble off at the mouth like you and I do. He, he, he really is mindful of his words. And so when we begin to speak in our sphere of influence, we begin to create our world with our words. This is so very powerful. If we take a look here at, let's look at Genesis. No, no. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 18. Proverbs chapter 18, we'll look at verse 20. Watch this. Proverbs 18, verse 20. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his lips, he shall be filled. Look at verse 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Now let's back up real quick to verse 20. And keep it on the screen. I want you all to see this. Watch this. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. This is essentially saying you are going to be satisfied from what is coming out of your mouth. What fruit is coming out of your mouth? That your life will be satisfied by what you are saying. What are the words you're saying is going to satisfy your life. So if you're saying good things, your life should be satisfied with good things. If you're saying evil, wicked things, your life is going to be satisfied with evil, wicked things. And the back half of this verse says, from the produce of his lips, he shall be filled. Now, the word produce here is the word production. Somebody say production. From the production of his lips, or you could say from the creation of his lips. What is his lips? What are your lips creating? What is it producing? What type of increase is it bringing? From the production of your lips, you're going to be filled. Your life will be filled by what's coming out of your mouth. So you are the prophet of your own life. Did you get that? You are the prophet of your own life. What you say about yourself is how you're going to be walking in. What you say is what you are creating. What you say is what you are producing. What you say is what is happening. And so it is important that we are saying things that are productive because it is applying to our life. It's, it's as simple as you're saying something. So watch this illustration. I'm saying something. Something comes out of my mouth into the atmosphere, and now I'm walking into it. That, that's exactly how it is. I'm saying it, and now I'm walking into it. And so I am literally walking into what I'm saying. And truth be told, whether you receive this or not, it's still true. You are where you are because of what you have said 
in the past. You're where you are because what you have said in the past. And so now you're going to have to say some different things so that you can create a different future. Come on, somebody. And start, like we said in the offering message, I've started this week. I've been saying I'm getting richer and richer by the day. Why am I saying that? Because in the future, I want to be able to walk into that I'm richer and richer by the day, and not just financially. I've got more energy than ever, right? Even when I feel tired, I, I, I say I'm, I'm strong in the Lord. Hallelujah. Matter of fact, let's go there. Joel chapter 3, verse 10. Let's take a look here. Joel chapter 3 and verse 10. It says here, beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears, and this is what I want you to see. Let the weak say, I'm so weak. I'm so tired. I'm so, I'm so overwhelmed. No, let the weak say, I am strong. Somebody say, I am strong. Say it again. Say it like you are strong. I'm strong. And so this is, this is how we create. This is how we produce. We say what we want to see and not what we currently see. This is faith. We say what we desire to see and not what we already see. This is faith. Matter of fact, James chapter 3 verse 2 says your mouth has the ability to control your entire body. Your entire body is listening to what your mouth is saying. That's why you can talk to body parts. And they're listening. I talk to my back all the time. Back, be healed in the name of Jesus. Now, I've gone to the chiropractor, praise the Lord. And the chiropractor helped me. But I still talk to the back. Back, be healed. And then if stand up straight back, be healed. Sometimes when I get up in the morning, my back says, oh, we don't want to get up. I say, get up. It's time to get up. In Jesus' name. You can talk to kidneys. Talk to your kid. Talk to your lungs. Talk to your arms, your fingers, your feet, your hands. Talk to them. Tell them what to do because your body is listening to what your mouth is saying. This is so important because when you say, well, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. That might be a fact. You might be really, really tired. This is what your body says. Shut it down. Shut down. Everybody shut down, stop right now, shut it down, and you'll be driving in the car, going your body trying to shut down while you're driving in the car. We shutting it down, we shutting it down, right? No, no. You begin to say, I am strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I walk in the strength of the Lord. Let the weak say I'm strong. Let the poor say I'm rich. I am strong. I I know what to do even when I don't know what to do. I know how to answer that question. Just give me a couple of hours. I'll get right back to you. But I know the answer to that question. This is how you're talking. Now you're creating your future. You're creating what you want to see and not what you already see. Let's go to Genesis chapter 1, the first three verses in Genesis. Genesis chapter 1, we're going to look at verse 1. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Look at verse three. Then God said, let there be light and there was light. Now pause with me. It says in the beginning, God created. That word created is the word produced. It's the same word created. He produced. 
the heaven and the earth. How did he do it? He used words. Because the earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the water. And watch this. And the spirit of God was on the earth. God's spirit was hovering over the earth. But it was still dark. It was still without form and it was still void. Nothing happened until God said in verse 3, let there be light. And there was light. So it would have stayed dark if God didn't say anything. How about your situation? You're in the middle of a situation, a difficulty, a challenge. If you don't begin to say your way out of it, you're going to stay in that situation. Are you listening to me? You're going to have to speak your way out of it. You're going to have to talk your way out of it. Not to other people. You're talking to yourself. This is you in your car. You're in the shower. You're in the office. You're on the porch. You're taking a walk. You're on the treadmill. You're talking to yourself. You're saying things to yourself. But You're encouraging yourself. And when you begin to do that, your situation is being changed and it's being rearranged. You are literally talking yourself out of that challenge and difficulty. Glory to God. You're saying things and things are happening. This is how God operates and he wants us to operate the exact same way. God is a speaking spirit. You and I are speaking spirits and we can say things when we believe it. Now, here's the key part. We have to believe what we say. That's when stuff begins to work. Now, you can say it and start to believe it. That's okay. Don't wait till you believe it before you say it. You listen to me? Because you may not ever believe it. Start saying it. And when you start saying it, those words are creating mental images. And those mental images are getting into your mind. And they're creating words. And these words are changing your life. Matter of fact, this is the best way to describe it is, I'm going to say yellow dog, yellow dog, okay, yellow dog. How many people see a yellow dog in their, in their mind right now? Yellow dog, yellow dog. You see it, not everybody sees it, but a yellow dog in their mind. Yellow dog. Did you see the word Y-E-L-L-O-W-D-O-G? No. You pictured a yellow dog. Why? My words of yellow dog, maybe I shouldn't say white dog or black dog because there aren't a lot of yellow dogs, right? But my words created images that went into side of you and you didn't see the letters, you saw the image. Whew, are you getting this? And so your words are creating images and these images are getting in your mind and you'll start to believe it. And when you start to believe it, you'll start seeing manifestation take place. The reason why it hasn't happened yet is one, it's not time, whatever you believe in God for, it's just not time that's one, or you don't believe it yet. That's okay. Get in the word, let faith build it up on the inside of you, and you'll begin to believe it. Then when you say it, you'll see the operation take place. Somebody say amen. amen. I, I'm seeing this now, and, and I know I keep going back to this, but this has been a, a mighty miracle, I believe, in my life over this last week when I've been telling y'all, it God had deposited in my heart that, you know what? People can fly private. And I've been saying that to y'all, have I not? Man, the next time I fly, I'm going to fly private. Have I not been saying that? I'm going to fly private. 
Lo and behold, the next time I needed to go somewhere, I get a call and the guy says, come with me. And we flew on a private jet. Hallelujah. Now, here's the key. There was a particular airplane that someone told me that well, you know, this guy I know, he, I like airplanes, by the way. This guy I know, he was telling me, man, this airplane would be good for the Alexander family. I'm just dreaming. What if the Alexander family had our own mode of transportation? Don't throw rocks at me. I, I'm believing God for big things. Hallelujah. What if I had my own? I don't have to go down to the airport, get patted down and lose my luggage. And, and, and they just, you know, the plane gets canceled. And I don't have to do that. I got my own mode of transportation. I don't have it yet. All right. But why not? So we were dreaming and God told me this King Air would be great for the Alexander family. You get all your family in there, get as much luck as you want. You take off, you go where you want. So hallelujah. I put that picture in my phone. Glory to God. One day we're going to have that. Praise God. I don't know when, but one day we're going to have that. Well, a few years later, the jet I flew on was the exact same jet that the man told me would be good for the Alexander family. Hallelujah. I can't make this up. Exact same one. Why? There's power in your words. And I begin to believe that. Why can't I fly private? I mean, all the, the dirty, hairy, crazy, wicked, sinful people fly private. Why can't a man of God fly private? Why can't a woman of God fly private? Why not? See, some of y'all, I'm, I'm, no, I'm getting all, some of y'all getting all upset right now about it. Oh, Lord. Pastor talking to me. No, why not? Why not? Why can't that happen? Well, bless God, the next time I did, man, we did. Now, we're, Stacey and I are going somewhere on vacation here soon, and we're not flying private. I said, but I told her, what about the next time? Maybe we'll fly private the next time. Praise God. Why not? And guess how much that trip cost me? Some of y'all looking at me like, how, how much did Pastor spend on that? Guess how much that trip cost me? Zero dollars. Zero dollars. God can get things to you from anyone, anywhere, at any time. God can get things to you at zero cost. No money. No money. He can get it to you. Glory be to God. So let's look at Joel. No, no. Let's go to where I want to go next. Let's go to Romans chapter 4, verse 17. Romans chapter 4, verse 17. Watch this. It says, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of whom of him whom he believed God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. I want you to say this with me, starting at calls. Say it with me, starting at calls. Ready? Read. Calls those things which do not exist. As though they did. Read it one more time. So read it loud. Ready, read. Calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Now, this is really, really important. This is what God does. It says that this is God who gives life to the dead, and God calls things. That word calls means to summon, to ask, to request, or to place a demand upon. When you call, you are literally placing a demand upon something that doesn't exist yet. You're not calling something that exists as, as though it doesn't exist. That's not what you're doing. Here's what some people do. The doctor tell them, you've got cancer in your body. And they say, I don't have cancer. No, no, that's not biblical. Okay? 
That, that's ignorant. If, if they see cancer, I'm not saying they're always right, but if they see it, we're not calling what exists as though it does not exist. That's called lying, okay? Manipulation, deceiving yourself. No, what you're going to call for, doctor says there's cancer in your body, then you begin to call for healing. I call for healing to come. You don't call and say cancer don't exist. You say, no, healing is going to supersede this cancer. Healing is going to override this cancer. Healing is going to drive out this cancer. The power of Jesus is going to drive it out. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in me and quickens my mortal body. And it's going to drive it out. You're calling for the healing to come. You're not calling for what it what does exist as though it doesn't exist. Well, I'm not broke. Well, you might be broke. I'm not broke. I declare I'm not broke. No, 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 no. I declare prosperity to come. I declare more to come. I declare increase to come. I'm calling for the increase. I'm not, I'm not broke. You are broke. Call for the increase. Hallelujah. Come, come, come. And when you call, you are calling something that you don't see in the visible realm to, to, to come into the visible realm. You're calling something you see in the invisible realm and you're calling for it to come into the visible realm. This is faith. I'm calling for something I don't see with my natural eyes. I see it with my heart. I'm calling it to come into the natural realm so I can see it with these eyes. This is what faith is all about. Being able to see something that you cannot see with your natural eyes. Let me give you a working example of this. Just the other day, Zavin, my son, was outside playing. I didn't see him. I stepped outside. Stacy, this is a word, word from God. Follow my illustration. Word from God. Stacy says, bring in Zavin. It's time to eat dinner. So I step outside on the front porch. I don't see Zavin. All I do is put both hands like this and I say, Zavin. I go back inside. I walk in and I go prepare to sit my tail at the, at the table <laughs> to eat. Four minutes later, here comes Avon walking in the door, goes straight to the bathroom, washes his hand, he comes, comes on in. I didn't see him, but I called him and I knew he was coming. Why? Because I called him. I didn't see him coming. I didn't visualize in terms of, well, let me just wait and see if he does come. I fully expected him to come because I called him. And too often you and I are calling the dog when we want the cat. We're calling for, oh man, I just tell you what, I tell you what, I just, I just, man, I'm so dumb. I'm just so dumb. I just don't, so dumb. Why do I keep doing that? I'm just dumb. I'm dumb. I'm ignorant. I'm dumb. And what you call it? Dumbness. Ignorance. You're calling it in. You're calling it. Oh, I'm just so dumb. Yeah, I'm the dumbest one in my family. I tell you what, I'm so dumb. I'm so fat. I'm just fat. Okay, I'm just, I'm overweight and just fat. I just like to eat. I'm fat. I'm fat. I'm fat. Man, I, I, I call for new urges to come, new cravings to come. I'm going to go buy some new type of food. I'm going to get on that treadmill or be like the Burgess family. They run a mile every day. I tried that and I, I had to go one every six days, and, but it was tough. But call, begin to get some movement and get to moving around and, and then begin to call what you want to see and not what you already see. This is what faith does. Faith can look at an impossibility 
and trust that God has possibilities for the impossibility, even if no one is saying that that can happen. Faith says the word. I got a word from God. God's word says this can happen. And I'm going to call God and I'm going to call on his word and I'm going to see it come to pass. I'm going to expect it to come. We may talk about this in, in weeks prior, but in Romans, you remember how Abraham and Sarah, they, the, the promise was, was Isaac. That was the promise. And it was over 25 years. But Romans says that Abraham never wavered at the promise. He continued in faith. I believe he was calling it in. God said, as, as, the, as many stars are in the sky, that's what your descendants is going to be. And many sand on the seashore, that's what your descendants. I believe he just kept saying, God said, this is going to happen. And I'm calling it in. Sons, daughters, come. Sons, daughters, come. I'm, I, I, we can't have a kid. Naturally, we can't have a kid. But God said that from our seed, we are going to see harvest. And they called Isaac in. 20 plus years of waiting. But he said, the scripture said he never wavered. He never wavered. Matter of fact, I feel led to go there. Go to Romans 4 real quick. I just want y'all to see that. Romans chapter 4. And uh, let's go to verse 16. Romans chapter 4, verse 16. I want y'all to see this. Praise the Lord. Are y'all getting something out of the word? Yes. All right. Um, here we go. No, not verse 16. Let's go to verse 18. Who contrary to hope in hope believed that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. Look at verse 19. And not being weak in faith. Watch this. He did not consider his own body. Already dead, meaning he was old, since he was a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Verse 20, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. We'll talk about that probably next week or so. But was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. Verse 21, and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. Now, watch this. Abraham, 100 years old, Sarah's 90 years old. They, 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 they haven't had kids naturally. But he never got weak in faith. He never wavered. He didn't consider that his own body could not produce a child at this age. He believed God. He trusted God. He never doubted. He never got wavered. He never wavered. Why could Abraham never doubt and never wave? Because he never considered the alternative. If, if we can get to this place that we don't even consider the alternative, we only consider what God's word says. I'm pausing because I'm curious, I'm deciding if I should say this or not, but here's, here's, a, here's what happens a lot of time. Stacey and I have seen this happen a lot. Someone would tell us, we're believing God. Man, we're, we're believing God to be healed of, of such and such. And we'll believe God with them. 
And, they'll, and then they'll start planning their funeral. Well, we got our funeral in order, and this is what we want at our funeral. And this, wait a minute, wait a minute, why are you planning your funeral? Well, I believe God, I'm going to be healed, but I'm going to plan my funeral. Here's what happens. They've gotten weaker in their faith, and they start considering that they're going to die. And they'll start, they'll start saying, I believe God, but I'm planning my funeral. And they'll leave their plans with me or with someone else. Here's my plan for my funeral. But I'm believing God to, to be healed. You can't do both. Now, I'm a practical man. I have life insurance. You should too. Any working being in here should have life insurance. If I were to depart early, which is not going to happen, but if I were, my family has money set aside through a life insurance policy, okay? I'm not saying don't have life insurance and, and don't plan to depart. One day we're all going to depart. But what I am saying is if there's something that you're believing God for, don't consider that it might not happen. It, I'm saying if you got a word from God, I'm not talking about you mustered up something. I'm talking about you got a word from God and God has told you this is going to happen and it's been confirmed by many witnesses. Don't Give up on it. Continue to trust God. Continue to say what you want to see and not what you currently see. And the battle is in the mind. Your mind's trying to tell you this is not going to happen. It's never going to happen. There are some things that I've been believing God for, for decades. It hasn't happened yet. And my mind's telling me, well, maybe you just, you just, it's you. How many of you, it's you, you just, you just, you just not, you just, you can't get, that ain't for you. And your mind telling the devil telling you, well, did God really say? How many of you heard that? Did God really say? That's the first temptation that the enemy gave to Eve. Did God really say? And then you get the question, well, did God really say? Maybe God didn't really say. And you know God really said. And here's how I know God really said. And you should... You should pattern your life after me on this one. Write it down. I have it written down. So when the enemy says, did God really say? I say on August 11, 2002, the Lord said to me this. And I'll go back and read it. Yep, that's what God said. And I was 20 years ago, but that's what he said. I got it written down. And so now I'm not considering that it's not going to happen because God said that to me. And it's going to happen. Here's the verses that I have. And it's going to happen because I trust God. This is how you experience true life. You have been listening to the ministry of Devon Alexander, pastor of True Life Fellowship Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more information, go to our website at www.truelifefc.org. You can also support this ministry financially through our website. Thank you, and remember to love, learn, live, and lead.